It is the bull, the bear, and my brother's chair. Brian Lucius here with Nate Lucius. Nate, what is going on today? Well, B. Lou, um, you know, spring is upon us here. Summer almost in Minnesota. Feels and like uh, everything is good. Um, traveling again a little bit. That's good. Which is nice. It's nice to get this, back out and see people. Yeah, some of the mask stuff being lifted, which is good. We had a meeting in uh, in the office last week. We so did. So that was exciting. Yep. 30 people in here. So all is well. Good, good. Today's uh, show, we have Beth Finbo on, who is the uh, inventor and founder of Busy Baby Mat that was uh, actually featured on Shark Tank. And I don't know if you remember that one, Nate, but she got an offer from Lori, who, do you know which one Lori is? I do. She's like the QVC and yeah. product one. I was yep. going to put it on QVC or whatever it is. Yep. <clears throat> and obviously a very smart, connected lady. She had offered her two hundred fifty thousand or some some number like that for twenty percent of the company, and that Beth said, "I'm not taking, I'm not, I, I'm not giving twenty. I'd give fifteen as my max." Lori came back and said, "How about 18? And she said, I, "I'm not going above 15. And so she, Beth, walked out of the Shark Tank room with three <clears> percent, <throat> and she says, yeah, yeah, "What do you mean with three percent? With a three percent difference." Oh, oh, so she like walked she passed. On yeah, yeah, passed on him. Yep. But she also says, and she'll talk a little bit more about the show, she's like, you're in there for like 30 minutes. They clip out like three. Oh, yeah. So you're understanding really what they're offering and what they're going to do with the company versus what you see on yep. TV, which yep. is two minutes. So very interesting. I find that show very interesting. I find the people interesting. So it uh, should be fun to have them on. Good. What are we talking bullish and bearish today? So I've got, a, uh, I've got a bearish, and I'm not... I'm not bearish on this because I think it's going to go to, you know, nothing, but just the way that it's going right now, that's the housing market. I would agree. Okay. So I've got some statistics for you. Depending upon where you live, everything's different, but in general, the housing market is super strong, has been this year. Yes. Why that is, I'm not going to give you the answer because I don't really know that I fully understand other than rates are low, you know, supply is low. But anyway, Mm -hmm. the average home year over year is up 19% in value. I believe that. Okay. That's insane. Yes. The 50% of homes in the last period of time have gone over list price. They've sold for over list. I, yeah, I believe that. Okay. I don't know anybody who hasn't paid over list like, yet. Nobody's getting inspections because if you do, then- You're out. You're, yeah, you're out, mm-hmm. right? I don't I don't want you to look through my basement and find all the water. Right. That's that's out. Um, the, the median home price in America- Mm-hmm. Is the highest it's ever been at three fifty. That's crazy. For median, right? Mm-hmm. And the hottest market in terms of number of days to sell the average house is what do you think? Uh, right now, how long is it taking average? Number well, no, of no, days? The, the the hottest city market in the oh, country for um, average days to be sold five. The hottest market, though. <laughs> Give me a city. Give me a city. Like, where is the hottest market? I'm gonna go with Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, that's a good one. It's actually Indianapolis. <laughs> I did not. I didn't even think of that as a city. Well, the average home goes four days on the market before it goes pending or contingent or whatever it goes. I believe that. And four we days. Have, we have a lot of uh, young first-time home buyers here working at our company. And I mean, the stories of, you know, they put in 17 offers in um, yeah. 17 different homes. And when they submit one, there's 25 other offers there are people that are putting in offers before it even lists. Yeah. 
and not not seeing and touring the actual house. And I think when I bought my first house, I went to that thing five times. Oh, you look at 12 <laughs> houses. Yeah. And you're like, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. So obviously inventory is low. Interest rates are low. But there has been signs here in the last few months that like sales are starting to decline a little bit. Yeah. And obviously the housing market is cyclical. So I don't think it's going to go bust. No. I just think right now, like if you don't have to buy, like let's let her, let's I, let her cool down a little bit. You know, if you're paying 40000 over on a $300,000 yeah. $300, home like that, you got a, you got a big hurdle there right. to, to, right. to re- recoup. But yeah, it's definitely whipped itself from like busy like into, a like, yeah, into a frantic Which mess. I don't get. <laughs> I don't either, but they are. So anyway, I'm, I'm somewhat bearish on that, but I feel like come fall- you know, we'll be in a better spot. Right. I think I don't. I think prices have to come down a little bit. I mean, you got to come down five or ten percent. I would I, think. I would think. But again, I'm not an economist. Being, you know, mortgage rates being as low as they are, too, people can afford more. And yeah, it's just a lot, a lot going on to it. The economy that allows you to afford more houses. The other thing too, which is interesting, is you know, it's it's hard to find like materials, right? And they're super yeah. expensive. Mm-hmm. So new homes, right? Just like the new car market. Mm-hmm. You know, used cars right now are extremely expensive as well because they're not producing new ones. Same right. thing in the housing market. And so I was talking to a guy the other day that runs a, uh, he works for a family that owns a ton of car dealerships. <clears throat> and he said that, I mean, that's the only reason is that they are not producing new cars because the chips and the chips or steel and like all that stuff yep. you can't get. But he said, you know, they, whoever they is, have been predicting that, you know, August, September, October is when the new car market will be flooded again. And then used car market will obviously. So anyway, it's all kind of in the same frenzy. I just, I don't understand it. I don't either. I'm going to go to something a little more simple for something I'm bullish on. And that is the resurgence, would I believe, is coming back of boxing. Are you a boxing fan, Nate? Um, I can't say I'm a huge boxing fan, no. Okay. No. How about MMA, UFC? I'll watch it when it's on, but no, I don't like, I don't get ready for the big fight. Okay. Do you remember back in the day when you had fighters like Mike Tyson and Evander oh, Holyfield? Yeah, I love that. And yep, that, I was like yeah. that was that was when boxing was huge. I was like in high school then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not saying that boxing has uh, it, it doesn't seem to have that same star power attraction that it used to. But yeah. recently, there's been these YouTuber guys, and have you oh, yeah. Jake Paul is yep. one, and he's fought Ben Askren, who was a UFC fighter. These guys are famous for YouTube. Now, I will give Jake Paul credit. Like he has trained, he is a oh, real yeah. boxer, but he's not a, he's no Floyd Mayweather. Right. But because of the publicity, they've been booking a lot of these fights. People are getting excited about it again. They're making it a little more of a production than a technical aspect. And I, I think it's a great sport and I'm excited to see it. I just back. don't know that those YouTube fights or whatever, I don't watch them, but I agree. a lot of people say, oh, so disappointing. Oh, what were you, what were you ready for a <laughs> knockdown drag out seven rounder? I mean, it doesn't. It's the spectacle of it. It's not, not right. The match. Which I think you know, like like most sports that have, you know, you take golf for instance. In, until golf got really going into the masses and made it a little more entertaining on TV yep. and Tiger Woods, like nobody cared. Right. Other than if you were a real golfer, boxing is that same way. So although I'm not a huge Jake Paul fan, yeah, it still helps you know bring the sports. Uh, back how about Phil? Speaking of golf, Phil at uh, 50 the, years old, the oldest. Uh, person to ever win a major. Yeah, I think he. He's I think he was. Oh, I saw when we were, we were in Vegas recently, and I saw his odds were like two hundred or three hundred to one to yeah. win the thing. And they were crazy. They were definitely not good. In fact, somebody put in. So that a, viewership must. I haven't seen the numbers, but it must have been huge. I saw something on the internet, so it's got to be true that 
a bet was made for a hundred dollars. Yeah, and the payout was twenty five grand. Uh, that's not right. Well, it? that's what I got here. No, no, Major I think you, you're, right. No, you're right. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, I think so, he was two fifty to one. Yep, I'd be right. Yeah, so that's a whole lot of money. There, there's probably somebody that won when you put five hundred bucks on Phil. Probably yeah. won hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. But two fifty to one's a long shot. So. so, but no, I'm not a big boxing fan. Uh, I like it, but uh, well, it's coming. I appreciate back it. Out. It's coming good. back out. Well, good, good. Well, let's bring Beth out here today. In fact, I'll take this interview. This is my second Shark Tank interview of the wow. season too. So I feel like uh, my next one. Maybe Mr. Wonderful, I can get. Have we asked on. like Cuban or Mr. I called Mark, or... but Mark like ghosted me. Really? It was weird. Yeah, I thought weird. we were boys, but I guess not. I am. I, I told you guys a few weeks back that I was working on some Bitcoin stuff, like in terms of getting yeah. people on. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to get that scheduled. And these guys, they're extremely smart. And nice. so we're going to talk, obviously, yeah. crypto's had a whole issue here recently. And so it doesn't always go up. And uh, But I'm going to get them on because I think that's a fascinating topic. That'll be exciting. Cool. Well, you take them. I'll take right. that today. I will do. All right. Beth Finbo, the founder and inventor of Busy Baby Mat, is on the show with us today. Beth, how are you? I am super happy to be here. Cool. Well, we thank you for taking uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to to talk with us. And so we're going to talk a little bit about you know, how you came up with the product, which is the Busy Baby Mat. You are actually the second person, too, that I've interviewed this year who has been on the one and only Shark Tank. Uh, I need to know how you walked out of there with a 3% different, but 3% difference, I believe, in their offer, and you said, no thanks, I'm going it alone, and took off. That was bold move, with the giant, which I applaud. So lots of fun <laughs> things to talk about. But tell tell us the busy baby mat itself, like way before Shark Tank, way before you have this business going. At, at some point, you have this idea. Like walk me through the idea in your head to a viable product. Like how did that process play out? Well, I'll take you back even a little further. Um, so just for some some additional information, yeah. I became a first time mom at forty. So okay. I was. Uh, a much older first time mom. I had a lot of life experience under my belt. I was in the army for 10 years and then 10 years in corporate world. So had my first baby and then took my maternity leave where you spend, you know, 24 seven with baby and then went back to work. So a couple of my girlfriends took me out to lunch to just kind of check on my mental health after, you know, making that transition. And they brought their one-year-old daughters with them. Mm -hmm. And the entire lunch was spent full of distractions with these cute little girls reaching for everything on the table, taking the toys that moms would give them, throwing it on the floor. One of the moms was a germaphobe, so (laughs) everything had to get wiped down. And, you know, being a little further along in life and and having some disposable income, I thought immediately I am going on Amazon. I'm buying something right now that will keep my kid busy while we go out to eat. He wasn't old enough to sit up at the time, but... So, well, when he is, I'm going to have something to not be this distraction because, you know, the other people, the other tables next to us, we're having to pick up the toys and distracting their meal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked on Amazon and, and all the while the, the germaphobe friend was telling me about the, t- the table surfaces and how gross they are. And like everybody just puts baby's food on the table <laughs> because you don't want them chucking the plates on the floor. Well, then now the food is on this germy surface. Oh. I laugh because so I've, okay, well, I've been in this mad. situation. <laughs> 
Oh, literally every person who's ever eaten with a child uh-huh. that's under the under 12 months old, every single person. So anyway, uh, nothing really exists on Amazon that would do the whole job. And the next day I was driving to work and an idea popped into my head and, and that's how it started. Huh. <clears throat> and so you get this idea. How, how do you get, I mean, I would imagine that you don't have a Maybe you do, but a PhD in textiles or whatever <laughs> makes this thing. Like, who do you go to to be like, I oh have my this gosh. idea in my head. Can you make me one? Yeah, I had no no clue. So I started by cutting and gluing things together at home. Okay. Um, just to make one for myself. I yep. made something for myself and I made something for a best friend who had a baby eight days after me. And that was kind of the end of it. Um, until she forgot hers one night. She said, I went to the bowling alley last night. I forgot that mat thing, and it was a nightmare. You have to make this thing for real. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of thought, well, how would I make this thing for real? And I I took an entrepreneurship class with Bunker Lab, um, which is a a program that supports veteran entrepreneurs and and their families who want to start businesses. And that took me through the process of, I mean, they essentially held my hand of here's how you start a business. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first thing I did was a little bit of market research to see, like, is this a problem other people have? Would (laughs) people pay for this thing? And then I went to the Toy Fair in New York City, one of the biggest expos events of the year in the baby children's product industry. Mm -hmm. And I walked the infant and toddler aisle there. I mean, we're talking like multiple football fields of Mm-hmm. at this event. And uh, I talked to a couple different companies. Um, another mom entrepreneur who had invented something out of just necessity. She gave me a tip uh, that I took with me and I'm so glad I took. It was hire professional product developers from the beginning. Unless you know how to do CAD drawings and design for manufacturing, you're going to have to pay them anyway. So right. you might as well start with them from the beginning. So then I went down, further down the aisle talked to another baby company and told them what I was doing. And they said, Oh, you know what you need? Professional product developers. I was like, yeah, that's what this other lady said. They're like, give us your card. We have some great guys we work with. We'll give them your information and and I'm sure they'll reach out. And they did reach out and they've, they've been amazing. We're on our, uh, starting our fifth project with them now um, coming up. So, so yeah, that's, that's how we got it made. You find somebody who knows how to do it. And so you get this product going and you, you, you came on to Shark Tank with quite a bit of sales. I think you were at a quarter million dollars of sales when you got there, right? Yeah. How, how did you get, where did you get the idea? I mean, things seem to be going well. What did Shark Tank offer you? I mean, what, what did that in your mind give you that? And then, yeah, just uh, let's, we'll start there before we get to why you turned them down, which is great. But <laughs> what, what, well, how did you get on Shark Tank? Why did you want to go there? So how I got on Shark Tank is a little bit of a story. I, you know, I told you about that entrepreneurship course I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of that, they actually had the email address of a producer from Shark Tank because the show had reached out looking for veterans to feature. Okay. I wasn't anywhere near ready for Shark Tank at that time, so I just put that email address into my like contact list, mm-hmm. and I figured once I'm ready, I'll reach out and. And so one year later, I launched my product and I emailed literally every single email address I could find in my contact list from back from high school even and just blasted everybody I knew said, hey, I've, I've got a product. I launched it. It's for sale. Please tell everybody you know who has a baby. Well, mm-hmm. that producer was on that list. Um, <laughs> I had completely forgotten. 
And so uh, I got an email from him just saying, hey, I see you're on the market. What are your sales? Would you be interested in Shark Tank? Mm -hmm. And that started a two-year process of getting on the show. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, they actually take companies at every level. But what he told me was, you know, in order for you to be set up for success with the Sharks, we like to have you have at least 100000 in sales. Sure. And at that time, I think I was at like $8,000 in sales. So <laughs> We had a ways to go. I said, okay, I'll keep you posted. Um, so when I reached the goal and I also got um, some patents issued, I reached back out and said, hey, not only have I reached the goal, I also have patents. He said, oh, that's awesome. We just finished filming season 11. <laughs> so give me a call back in March when we start casting for season 12. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. And I kind of figured Shark Tank was, I, I could either get a shark to help me get into retail and do some international stuff, which is where I, I hadn't, you know, didn't even know where to start with sure. that. Or worst case scenario, I get national publicity. Right. So it's kind of a win-win. And so did, did you're obviously doing well. Now you get in and if anybody Googles uh, Busy Baby Matt Shark Tank, you will see the video where I believe it's Lori, right? Mm-hmm. She offers you $250,000, which assuming at that stage of your business was, was a lot of money and mm-hmm. she wants 20% and you countered, I think at 10, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, no way. She came back to 18. You said 15 is my max. And she said, yep. 18 is my max and you said thanks have a great day (laughs) how did you feel (laughs) how did you feel when you you said i'm gonna go it on my own i've gotten this far 15 was in my head as the max i was gonna go and i'm sticking to my guns and you walked out what were you what was going through your mind when you walked out of there uh thank god she didn't come down to 15 (laughs) honestly (laughs) yes because there's a couple a couple things. America doesn't get to see the entire conversation. Of course. So I'm standing there having a conversation with them for, you know, close to 50 minutes and it, it gets boiled down to 10. Right. So you don't see a lot of what we were talking about. And what I really was hoping for was Lori to help me get into big box retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, that'd be easy entry with that. She only wanted to license my mat to Munchkin. Mm-hmm. And the thing about licensing to Munchkin is you get your upfront royalty fee maybe a hundred thousand dollars, which would have actually still left me in debt. Mm -hmm. Then you don't get any more money until you've surpassed that in the royalties that you would have gotten Mm -hmm. from their sales. And then you start getting your royalty, but there's no, you know, the hundred thousand is the only guarantee you have. There's no guarantee. They're actually going to make it and sell it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I already had my second product in development ready to launch and handing over the mat to Munchkin and giving them all control now kind of just stunts my business because my second product that I release goes with the mat. If I no longer have the mat, I no longer have the second, (laughs) no longer have the second. And so I, I didn't even want to go up to 15 Mm -hmm. and I got, I think a little bit caught up in the lights and the camera and the negotiation. And as soon as I said 15, I was like, Oh, please don't take 15 because I did not want to give up 15 and give up, you know, the growth and the plan that I had. Sure. Uh, my, my plan was not to license. Um, and that's the only thing she wanted to do. So sure. I actually walked out of there and people say, Oh, you, you walked out over 3%. No, I didn't. I came right. in at 5%. Right. 
Right. And she had it at 18. So I really was locking, you know, way over a 13%. Right. And you're looking at the bigger picture of revenue and, and, you know, company Mm -hmm. value and company Mm -hmm. worth. It's not just about 3%. It's the direction that she wants to take it versus the direction you want to take it. I'm I'm glad you stuck to your guns. (laughs) Yeah, I am too. I am too, because it was honestly only a week or two after that, that I convinced my brother to quit his job and join me in the company. So now he's part owner of the company. We work together. I don't know if you know anything about working together with a brother, but uh, it's actually I've, pretty I'm very awesome. intimate with that uh, situation. <laughs> I love working with my brother. We Nobody knows me better than him, and you know I get to be myself, and, and he gets to be himself, and we've launched new products, and we have big plans, and the company is continuing to grow. So I'm I'm grateful for the experience of Shark Tank. And I'm happy with where we are. And how has business been going these days? Oh, insane. I mean, it's, it's growing continually. I mean, we had 900% growth in 2020 over 2019. And we're looking, we're basically on that same trajectory still for 2021. What did the pandemic do to the baby market, baby products? Did it help it? Honestly, nothing. it it didn't do anything other than shift where people buy their baby products from. People ah, are buying their baby products online. Which benefits So, you. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> so people still have babies. People still have needs, right. you know. And for me, it was really helpful. I, I had to do a little pivot because I had initially invented this thing for restaurants. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the need I had. And mm-hmm. then when the pandemic happened and restaurants closed, we shifted all the marketing to look at all the cool ways you can use this at home. You can keep your baby busy for that 30 minute zoom call or while you're homeschooling your other kids, you know, put the baby in the high chair, give them some toys, keep them occupied and entertained while you're trying to give your attention. I don't know how I'm so glad my kids are not school age yet because (laughs) I don't know how parents did that this last year. I just can't even imagine. (laughs) Well, well, you're on your zoom call. Give your kids some toys. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was a real thing. What, uh, what looking back on things that, you know, if you had, if you could do it all over again, or you had, if you could give some advice to somebody who was, who had this idea and was holding back on, I don't know if anyone will buy it or I don't know if it'll work or whatever. What, what would you, something you would have done different or something that you would give as uh, words of advice to someone in your situation? Uh, to anybody who's got an idea, for a product or a service that they think, Ugh, why doesn't this exist? I say, take that idea. Um, in my situation, I cut and glued some stuff together. Don't invest a lot of money, but just kind of mock it up and then go talk to strangers. Find out who would be your ideal customer. For me, it was moms at Target. Mm-hmm. So I went to Target. I went to the baby aisle. I found a mom shopping with a baby, a content baby, not a fussy baby. <laughs> and, and just, paused for a second and said, Hey, I'm a mom. I invented this thing. Can I just ask you a couple questions? Like, this is what it does. Would you buy something like this? Mm -hmm. If you would, how much would you pay for it? And get that kind of market research. For me, I got the overwhelming, like, Oh my God, yes. Can I buy (laughs) that one from you? So that gave me the confidence to know, okay, so it's not just my friends and family who are just being nice to me. People actually think this might be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that's the case, if you take your idea, I mean, that doesn't take any investment. It just takes the courage to go talk to strangers, which for me was very hard. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And just say, this is my idea. Would you buy it? And if people say yes, then you know what? Maybe take a look at taking the next step. Cool. 
and I know that one of the one of the products you had that me and my my daughter was just laughing about who's ten now, but she always tells a story about how she used to take her cup and sit in her high chair and she would throw it on the floor and you as the adult parent would pick it up <laughs> and put it back on and say, Don't do that anymore and they'd throw it on the floor yeah. again and laugh. Eventually you'd say, I'm gonna take it away from you if you do it again and they'd throw it on the floor anyway. You had a drink thing on there that with a bungee cord that would have saved my life yep. eight years ago. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's a it's an amazing product. Yep. Now you've started your fifth product here, right? Mm-hmm. And what what is this one? Well, so the the one we actually just launched to yesterday is the mini version of the mat. So we've we've had the same size place mat from the beginning and it's got a small tray at the top. Um, for, you know, snacks, puffs, whatever. Sure. And then it has a, a bigger play area that you can use for food or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a lot of people who have reached out saying they have a compact version of a high chair and the mat's too big. It doesn't fit. Or ah. wish they had a smaller version that would go on their stroller. Or, um, you know, even though my mat rolls up and has a truck for diaper bags, people were still asking for a smaller version to just keep in their diaper bag. Sure. So... Um, I, I actually procrastinated that project for a long time because I thought, oh my God, there are literally hundreds of different sizes and shapes of high chair trays, Mm -hmm. travel ones and home use ones. And, and, you know, being in Minnesota where I live, we have lots of space in our homes Mm -hmm. for big high chairs. I never really thought about all these families in apartments in New York city or sure. San Francisco with very little space and, and that are using these compact things. I thought, Oh my God, this is going to be a nightmare trying to figure out what's the right size and shape for a mini version. Right. And then one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, I've got it. And I walked out to my kitchen. I think it was literally two, three o'clock in the morning. And I took a scissors to one of my mats and I just cut off the top third Mm-hmm. And I thought this is perfect. All I need to do is shrink it a little bit more narrow and add an extra suction cup in the middle. Mm-hmm. And and so I went back to my product developers, uh, and they they drew that up for me, and we released that yesterday. So we're now pre-ordering, taking pre-orders for the mini mat. Previous to that, we launched a a teething spoon, which is a, a whole story about how that thing came to be. But it hooks <laughs> up to the mat. It's actually derived from uh, my son. My first son used my Venus razor handle, yeah. like the like yeah. for shaving. He used that as a teether, obviously yeah. without the blades. Right, right. Um, but it's it's got a firm core and then these silicone ridges on the outside, and uh-huh. it just was his favorite thing to chew on. And so I designed my teething spoon around the, the handle of this Venus razor, Which and then designed perfect. it so it can. Yep, it hooks up to the mat, so you can use it as a teether wherever you are, with with or without the mat. But then it just easily hooks up to the mat, so if you want to put some yogurt or something in the tray and just let the baby go at it they can start trying to figure out how to feed themselves so um but then i i can't reveal too much about the next project um but we are working on that bungee grip product that that you mentioned earlier yeah um to do a new or kind of a relaunch of that product with some design changes um coming up in the next Months. Cool. Very cool. And have, I would imagine you've learned quite a bit about uh, inventory and shipping and manufacturing and all this along the way too, huh? Oh, I'm still learning something new every day. I bet. <laughs> yep. and how many employees are you up to now? So my brother's full-time and then we have three part-time college kids that just live locally that come every day and help do the, fulfill the orders. Um, we're we're still running the business out of my garage. Very cool. 
Very cool. Um, yeah. And do so we, that's, do that's we have, do right we now. have visions one day of a, of a office building or are we keeping overhead low and sales high? <laughs> We're keeping overhead low and sales high. We actually have, because I live in the country, I have a pole shed that I can use oh, for perfect. storage. And because I have a silicone product that doesn't spoil or need any kind of special um, temperature control or anything like that, we have plenty of storage and, and then even the neighbors offer their pole shed as well. Nice. Um, so we're going to keep this thing. We're going to just keep selling the crap out of these things, get the company value up and then, and then maybe hopefully sell it. Very nice. So we're going to sell the whole thing in two years for $40 million. That's, that's, the, right that's the plan. All right. Well, that's the plan. if we, if we do that either way, we'll have you back on the show here, but I hope that next time I have you on the show, <laughs> that that's exactly what you tell me. 40 million, a, gr- a girl could live on that, you know. <laughs> a girl could live on that. And and I suppose my brother. Yeah, you can cut him in on some. Maybe. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, if anybody has any any questions, wants to learn more about it, check out BusyBabyMat.com and certainly search baby, uh, Busy Baby Shark Tank and watch that clip. Uh, kudos to you for sticking to your guns, riding it out and making this company what you wanted it to instead of selling for... You know, what, what some would look at as potentially an easier route, not as big, but, you know, it would have been more, I should say, comfortable. The route you took was, I would imagine, not comfortable. Yeah, thank you for that. I really appreciate that because there are a lot of internet folks out there who, who call me stupid and greedy and I'm going to be out of business in a year and, you know, Lori would have made me a millionaire. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, that would they be don't. coming from a bunch of uh, people that have never started their own business and most likely have never done anything <laughs> themselves in the first place. So I take right, feedback right. like that uh, very loosely. <laughs> yep. Same here. Same here. So there I appreciate your kind words. Thank, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. We certainly look forward to having you back on the show and wish you continued success as you go forward here. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Beth. Have a great day. Yep, you too. Bye-bye.